Welcome to the Common Table Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Chris Miller. I believe that each of us has an interesting story worth sharing. Each week, I'll be joined at the table by a guest, and we'll talk about where they've been, where they're going, and where they find hope along the way. So pull up a chair, and welcome to the Common Table. My name is Brenda Sneed, and I'm going to read you, I think this was a great tribute. This was from one of my great nieces, and she typed this up one day and put it on my fridge. Matter of fact, she gave it to me for Mother's Day, and it says, funny, loving life, teacher, school, awesome, dogs, nice, summer, teacher, teaching, school, and Sully, beach, and I hope that describes me a lot. I love being with people. I love being outside. Try to do the right things. That's really important to me is trying to do what's right to help other people. I think as a teacher, that's just instilled in me is to help people. And, you know, I thank God every day for my health that I can help family and friends. Some for some people that aren't as fortunate as me. Mm, thank you. That, that's a lovely intro. I really appreciate that. Can you say a little bit more about, you know, I, I noticed that she used words around teach and teaching and teacher, you know, several times through that description. So say a little bit more about your, your role, your calling as an educator. Well, I went to Missouri Southern State <clears throat> College in undergraduate, which is in Joplin. And I always thought I wanted to coach and teach my sophomore freshman year. We did not have a certified athletic trainer on staff at Missouri Southern, and I went on softball scholarship to college. And my freshman year, one of our football players actually broke his neck. Mm. And luckily, they were at a, they were away playing at Missouri Western, and they had an athletic trainer. Because if it hadn't been for the action of that athletic trainer at Missouri Western, this guy probably would have been paralyzed. But because of his knowledge and expertise, the guy was stabilized and was put in a brace and had a halo brace, which is where they drill the holes in your head with the spikes. And he was able to walk. And so over the summer, Missouri Southern actually hired an athletic trainer. And some of the coaches said, hey, you know, we know you really like medical stuff. And I started being a student athletic trainer at Missouri Southern, got certified, went on to University of Northern Iowa and got my master's and measured in athletic training, got my master's in athletic training and elementary physical education. And I worked at the college level for about seven years and I wanted to come back home with my family because that's really important to me. And so I got a job teaching elementary PE in the Springfield Public School System and worked as an athletic trainer at Hillcrest High School for um, 23 years. I actually went to Hillcrest when I was in high school. So that was going back to my roots. And I taught at Pleasant View and Truman. And those schools feed into Hillcrest. So a lot of my athletes at Hillcrest, I knew from the time they were in kindergarten and all the way up through high school, which was enjoyable for me. And a lot of some of the parents were had been my former classmates. And so that was even cool. So I had a big connection with the North Side of Springfield. I lived over here and was raised on a farm out north by Fellows Lake. And that's always been something really important to me was to 
be on the north side and help my my alma maters out. So that was that was a great great job. I really enjoyed it. It was long hours, but it was it was a lot of fun. So it sounds like relationship and long-term relationship is really important to you. Oh yeah, Robert Reed and I we taught together for several years. He taught music and I taught elementary PE and this is just a funny story, but I helped with their boys a lot when they were younger and uh, one day Chandler was riding his scooter and he comes running up the hill and he doesn't yell mom, dad, he yells for, he goes, call Brenda. You need to call Brenda. And uh, so, you know, those kind of things uh, mean a lot to me. I still get calls from friends and evaluate them for injuries. And I've been around all my, you know, with all my life. Some people I went to undergrad, I mean, to high school with, and uh, we've started playing pickleball together that I haven't seen in a long time. So but those kind of things are really important to me. And uh, my family plays a big part of my life, which, you know, family and friends, uh, I think, keep people young, keep you involved. And uh, that's really important to me. I used to watch my nieces and nephews play sports, and now I'm watching my great nieces play sports. And that's that's just, it means a lot to me to be around around family and friends. So I was wondering if you could tell us about your earliest memory of church or faith. You know, what, are, what are some of those foundational memories for you? I was raised out at a church called Mount Comfort Church, which is a non-denominational church. And it's uh, way out north off of KK Highway and Shelby Road. And we went there from the time I was born. Uh, my mom taught Sunday school out there. Uh, one of the big things was is that we lived on a farm. My dad was a farmer. My mom was a, a housewife. And several people we went to church with were our neighbors. And uh, you'd go to church with them on Sunday. And on Monday, you were hauling hay with them or hauling cattle with them. And that was a big part of my life is that you saw those people on Sunday, but yet you saw them during the week and they walked the walk. Those were the people that they just weren't made up for Sunday and you saw a different persona. They were the same person Monday through Saturday that they were on Sunday. And that was, I always thought that was pretty cool that those people I got to be around, not just on Sundays, but, you know, I'd be with my dad and we'd go down to somebody's house to help with the cattle or they would come to our house. And that, that always spoke volumes to me about those were the people, same people they were that same way on Sunday as they were the other days of the week. Just good, hardworking, honest people. So is, so is that something that you have tried to emulate in your life? I think so. I think you would, my friends would say that I'm, I'm pretty honest. Uh, I'm not very flowery with things. I'm going to tell you what I think. That's just the way I am. You're going to know how I feel about stuff. When I taught, I would see people in the Walmart shopping and they'd say, well, how's my son or daughter doing? And I was like, oh, you probably shouldn't ask me that on a Saturday morning because I'm going to tell you the truth mm. about it. And uh, that's just the way I am. I think people need to know where you stand and people need to know because if, if somebody's doing something that you don't think's right, if they don't, if you don't tell them, how are they going to know that it's bothering you? So I think it's really important to be honest about that kind of stuff. What is your favorite scripture passage or story in the Bible? You know, a narrative that has stuck with you or a passage that you find meaningful? Well, 
obviously sports are a big part of my life, whether it's watching them, participating in them, or working at them. And I like this one a lot. It's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And another one of my favorite, favorite ones is 2 Timothy 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And those, those I think, they mean a lot to me. I hope I try, try to live by them. No matter what I do, I try to give it 110% do my best at it. You know, sometimes you don't do do all you can. You know, you didn't make you didn't make the mark, but I always try to do the best that I can whether it's helping people or in my jobs that I do now uh, as far as subbing and doing other things, but those are two of my favorite verses that I I think I try to live by and try to keep in mind when I'm doing other things. What is it about them that you find so compelling? I think because when I talk about sports, when you talk about like weightlifting and stuff, you talk about strength training and flexibility. When you run the course for several years, I was, I ran a lot of five K's and that takes a lot of inner strength and just Jesus is always with you, but sometimes you got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and just keep on going. And sometimes it's not easy. You know, a lot of us have struggles and you can either choose to overcome those struggles or not. And I just think that's, I just think that's something that, you know, Jesus will help you, but sometimes you got to help yourself out too. And I think that's just really important to have that, that attitude of you can do it. Jesus is with you. He's going to help you through it. You just got to keep on going. So how does that, that belief or your faith more generally, how does that play out in your everyday life? Either when you were an educator or now in some of your substitute work or volunteering you, however, how does that play out for you? Well, I mean, some people know this, some people don't, but at age 19, both of my parents were deceased. And, uh, you know, that was hard. I was very close to my parents. You know, some people when you ask them about their childhood, it was terrible. And I can't say that I had a great childhood. We worked hard on the farm, but we did it together. Never had an allowance in my life. If we had enough money and you wanted something and my parents thought you needed it, you got it. But it was all working together. And I think that gave me a lot of strength. Now, just subbing, I encounter a lot of different people and you got to have the strength sometimes to just bite your tongue. You have to have the strength sometimes to say, hey, I can help you do this. And you just got to keep keep going forward. And I think that's staying, running the course and staying steady is that you just keep, you try to keep going and, and helping people and doing the best you can. And by what you do, if you do the right thing, that's going to show people that you have a lot of faith and that you are compassionate, but yet You have to be tough sometimes to get things done. So you talked about growing up in a smaller non-denominational church where, you know, the people were, were good and steadfast and faithful. You've made the choice to be part of a Christian community here at Trinity. And, and I'm curious, why is it important for you right now to be part of a Christian community? Now I think it it keeps me grounded, keeps me 
the people at Trinity are so loving. I always feel really supported when I, when I see people, which I haven't seen people lately, but just on Sunday mornings, when I watch the service, seeing the different people, the different liturgists, um, the musicians, this makes you feel a part of a bigger, a bigger part of Jesus that, you know, you're not alone out there. And that if you need prayer or you need help, they're going to help you. And I, I think that's really important, especially in this day and time with all the things going on that you're not alone. There's always people out there that care about you and aren't going to pass judgment on you on what you do or don't do, that they're going to be there to help you. And I just think that's really important right now. Trinity is a, a great place. Um, people just, well, the people there are just, they're good people. Um, that just shows to uh, those drives that we've done on Mondays, the amount of things that we have collected. It's just amazing the giving that our church just keeps giving. And it's a great feeling to be a part of that community. Makes me feel good to hear that. If you are going to give an elevator pitch to someone who doesn't attend church right now, that isn't part of a Christian community, you know, and you had 15, 20 seconds to tell them the most, you know, here, here's why you should be part of a church, right? What would that be for you? I think it would be that there are people there to help support you, that if you're in doubt, there are people there that can get you back on track with words of wisdom to help you walk through the Bible, leadership, we have so many people at our church that have done so many things in our in church that are so helpful and they'll, you know, they would speak to you, they'll help you. But church is just a great way to keep focused on what, what needs to be done and the life that we need to live in order to make this world a better place. If you could go back in time and give a piece of advice to your younger self, something that either you wish you knew earlier or that would help you navigate things better, what would, what would that be? I think maybe that there are certain things you can't control, even though you want to control them, that you need to learn to let it go. I'm really bad about that. I want to, I want to take care of everybody and do everything. And if I wish I would have told myself younger, there are some things you can help with and maybe help those people and change things. There are other things you have no control of and you just need to find a piece about it. And what happens happens. And you need, if you can help those people recover from something after it's happened, you do, but I want to, I want to help with everything. I want to make sure everybody's good. And sometimes you can't do that. And sometimes you don't have enough time. There's not enough of you to do that for everybody. So you need to let go and just let it, let it happen. And then if they ask for your help, help them. I think that's good advice, especially for those of us that, that want to be helpers to give ourselves the grace. Yep. That is, that is true. And you just got to learn to, to let it go. In Elsa and Anna's words from (laughs) Frozen. So it seems like you are a pretty open book 
just in general, but I'm wondering if there is something that a lot of people don't know about you or something that might surprise people to learn about Brenda. Oh man, I am a pretty open book. I can't even think. Well, I guess one time, I can't even remember what year it was, but we were doing a fundraiser at Truman. And obviously I don't wear dresses very often. Matter of fact, I don't even own one. There's not one in the closet. And the two of my schools did a fundraiser that if they raised so much money that I would get fake nails, wear a dress, wear makeup and come to school. Well, it was a big money raiser and I did fake nails, got the hair all done, got the makeup done. And I remember I walked in, they were having assemblies and I walked into the Truman gym and one of the boys could up and go, is that you coach Snee? Is that really you? And that's probably, I mean, I've never done anything like that before and don't plan on doing it again. But yeah, it was me and I, I did look totally different. I have a few pictures of that, but uh, it was fun and the kids really enjoyed it. It was a good thing, you know, little things like that. But other than that, I don't think there's anything big that people don't know about me. Of That brain knows I love to travel and have taken some really, really cool trips and done stuff like that kind of stuff. But that's, that's one thing that probably not, not everybody knows about me because I don't really talk about it much, but it was, it was really a cool thing. And it raised money for a good cause. And the kids really thought it was, uh, really thought it was awesome that I did that for it. So are we going to get to see pictures? I have to find them, but I do have them. I don't know where they're at, but I do have them. And it doesn't even look like me, but, but yeah, I do have them. Matter of fact, I think Sharon Reed did my makeup for me that day. Nice. So I, I would love to hear more about some of your travels. Oh, I've been to Churchill, Canada to see the polar bears. Went dog sledding up there. I've been to Costa Rica. Been to Mexico where I did the hang gliding thing from a boat and then they release you and then you fly to the beach. I've been to Hawaii with the University of Kansas women's basketball team. Aruba. Iceland. New York City. Did a lot of sightseeing there. Been to Washington, D.C. I've, I've done lots of things. I've been to several of the, of the states in the United States. Been to Alaska and been done several, several countries. I travel some with a, a teacher at Hillcrest. Jeremy George does trips through for student travel. And I've been with him three or four times. I've been to Greece, France, England, and Scotland with him. And the COVID has put the crunch on my traveling because I just don't think it's really that safe. And I have chosen to stay home or only travel when I can drive straight through uh, and not stay in a lot of hotels. But hopefully when this all gets done, I'm going to take some more trips. I want to go to Banff, Canada, which is the Canadian Rockies. Mm. And I had a trip planned in January to go to Hawaii uh, to do some island hopping, but on a cruise ship. But I have chosen that because of the um, COVID. I just don't feel safe doing that. And so I haven't done anything. Haven't done a whole lot of traveling since then. But I love a good beach vacation. That's one of my favorite vacations to go to. Very, very fun. I've been to Colorado skiing, snowmobiling, 
all that kind of stuff. So it's, I just like traveling and doing that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. What's the most meaningful part of travel for you? Um, I think getting to see how other people live and seeing in a lot of ways, we're very fortunate to live in the United States of America. Uh, I know that we have our problems, but all in all, I think living in the USA is, is very much a privilege because there are a lot of countries out there that don't have it near like we do. And I just think that means a lot. And I like seeing the, diff- the way people live differently and just the, the different foods and the cultures that they have. It's very interesting, but I think it makes you appreciate home and the country that we live in. So what is something that you are excited about right now? Oh, wow. That I'm excited about right now. You know, I'm really excited. I haven't had COVID yet because I've had a few close encounters with some people that have had it, but I haven't had to quarantine or, you know, be, be tested yet. You know, I'm, I'm excited about what our church does for our community. And I just think that we have we are being a great help and service to, to Springfield right now with our drives that we do and our missions is just, it just overwhelms me sometimes the things that we are able to do for the city. I'm big on helping the people that you live around and that you live amongst. And I think that we, we just go, we are just so good at that. We are so good at helping them and I'm not a part of the missions committee, but I just think they do an outstanding job of picking some really good causes in the Springfield community and that we provide help to them. And I think we're making a difference in Springfield all the time, but especially right now with the COVID and everything that's going on, the rare breed, cross lines, Eden Village. I think those are three great missions that our church is helping. And uh, I'm so happy to see that we're able to keep it up and uh, even doing more form in this time. I, w- I would certainly agree with that. You know, it's really neat to see what we're able to do together. And you know, like you mentioned, the, the curbside food drives, right? And for me, one of the really fun things is getting to to greet people as they come up and drop off their donations and just be reminded that those that those drives that are so successful where we, you know, get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of stuff that go to help people that it's not one person or one family that's doing 80% of it, right? It's everybody brings what they can. And at the end of the day, we've got this amazing collection of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you did that one video with you guys fast, the fast speed of doing all that stuff, just seeing all that stuff is just amazing. Everything that we bring and that it goes to, and I love seeing the, our youth group and our young people getting involved in doing stuff. I think that's great because our young people are going to be the future of any church, whether it's our church or another church. I mean, they're the future of, of the, of the churches. And they need to be involved and do stuff. And I think that's just really important right now. When you think about the church 
whether that's Trinity or church kind of in the big C, you know, the church around the world, if you were to think, say, 10 years in the future, what would be your hope for the church? I think my hope for church or churches, wherever it's at, is that in 10 years that we are still accepting of others, no matter their race or their sexual preference, that we are still accepting of all those people, that they are all God's children, and that those people, everybody's different, I think. And that's just the way I think about it. But we are accepting of them and that all together we can do great things in our world or in our community that we can be a big help to people. And I think that's what's really important, that we are going to stay accepting of all and that everybody is a vital part of the church and that we're just going to keep growing and growing and doing good for the world and for our, even if it's just Springfield, Missouri, or if it's the nation or you know, the world is that we are doing good things for other people. That's a pretty good vision. Thank you. You you mentioned earlier travel and the challenges of the pandemic, right? And I heard some folks uh, a week or two ago talking about what they were calling their post-pandemic bucket list. And, you know, it's the things that they wanted to do whenever it was safe to do them again. So, so I want to kind of toss that to you. What would be on your post pandemic bucket list? You know, as we either return to normal or move into whatever you know, normal is going to be at the other end of this pandemic. Well, I haven't eaten in a restaurant since this whole thing started. So I'm mm. ready to go to a restaurant to eat. I'll do takeout, but I won't eat in a restaurant and I'm ready to get all my family together. We had to cancel Easter. I'm not sure we're going to be able to have Thanksgiving because when we all get together, there's about 30 of us. And I just don't feel safe doing that. Some of my family are compromised because of age and illness. And then you've got, got little ones that, you know, you don't want them to get sick. So when this is all said and done, we're going to have a really big family get together. Usually I have lots of pool parties in the summertime and that was with my family. And that was limited this year just because I tried to keep the numbers down at the pool a little bit, even though we were outside, you don't want 30 people. And that's, that's two things I'm going to, big things is that the, the family, we're all going to get together uh, and, and have a big family get together and I'm ready to travel again. Those are the big things I'm ready to do, but yeah, I haven't been to our restaurant since this all started. I can go in and pick up food. I'm fine with that. I'll go through a drive-through, but I haven't been into a restaurant to eat yet. So, and I did that quite often with friends. That was one way we got together and did stuff. So those are probably three things I'm going to do and get back to church. Although I'm not going to deny it's pretty nice sitting in the screened in porch on Sunday morning, watching the service and just lounging around. I, I do enjoy that, but I'm ready to get back to church and go back and see people and be around everybody. I just think that's really important for us to be back together again. But I think we're doing the best we can in the circumstances. I enjoy seeing the different liturgists, the different musicians that we have on Sundays, and I think that I think that makes a great great point. And it's you know it's a big thing on Sunday. I always watch the service, and I just think we're doing the best we can. But I'm ready to get back to church with people, and I'm sure everybody else is too. But I think right now the most important thing is that we stay safe and think about others, not just ourselves. And I think that's what we're doing the best we can. And you just got to keep going with the flow and 
like I said, stay the course and keep it steady. Mm. All right. So things are safe. You can go for your first meal out. Where are you going? There's a place downtown called the Greek Belly. Okay. I really like, I really like their, their food. That's one of the first places that in Mexican Villa. You're a Mexican Villa person. I love Mexican Villa. I love Mexican food, period. But there's nothing better than a Sancho Angelata style. And I love their cheese sauce. I, I will be a good pastor and I won't pass any judgment on your taste in Mexican food. Okay. Well, I also like El Puente and I like Amigos. So, I mean, I get something different. It depends on what I want. I go to different places for what I want that day. So sure. I'm not just a Mexican Villa person. I am a, I am any Mexican food, tell you the truth. But Mexican Villa, I do like their Sancho's and their cheese dip. What do you think it is most important for the church to do in the next year? I think for our church is that we still need to be a strong voice and help in the city of Springfield and the Greene County area. I think it's important that we keep our youth involved and try to get some younger families into our church so that we can get more kids involved in our church. I think Carla's doing a great job with our youth. The things that they're doing is just is awesome. But we need to get some younger families to be a part of our of our of our church family. Uh, and I know that's hard right now. I mean, most people are staying pretty pretty in and being very careful about what they do. But I think those are those are two or three big things is that we keep helping out the Springfield community and we try to get some more young people, young families attending our church so that we can continue to grow and to be around for a long time. And I just think that's really important because I think what we do in our community is, is, is really good. And I think we need to make sure we can keep doing that. All right. Is there anything else that you would want people to know about you, you know, in order to, to understand Brenda Sneed, what do we need to know? I'm a pretty good reader of people. You know, once I meet somebody, you know, I can sort of tell like, Oh, they're genuine. They're really, really there. I don't, I just try to watch people sometimes to observe them. Hopefully people realize that I'm a, if I'm your friend, I'm a strong friend and I'm going to stand beside you and help you and that I'm going to stay true to my word. And I think that's, those are important things about me is that if I'm in your corner, I'm there for the long haul and then the fight of whatever you need done. That's a pretty good final word. I think Brenda, thank you. You're welcome. Well, Brenda, thanks for spending some time in conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. I, uh, You're welcome. And Sully didn't even bark one time. Yeah. So, so tell us, for the record, tell us you know, 30 seconds about Sully. What do we need to know? Well, he, my niece, my nephew and his girlfriend adopted Sully. And they brought him to my brother and sister, brother-in-law and sister's house and said, hey, come see this dog. Because I knew I'd been wanting one. And he's a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. And he's 12 years old and he's a big, big part of my life. We walk every day and he, some people, 
some of my friends tell me they wish they were my dog because he gets us goes to the spa every four weeks and because he's older now and he can't walk the full distance he even has his own stroller so some of my friends crack up and go we want to come be your pet we love the way you we want to be your dog so that's how i treat my dog he's part of the family and we go get andy's and he loves to go to the library when i check out books because he gets a dog treat through the drive-up window nice <laughs> well for folks who have not met sully before he is an absolute delight well and he loves to play with david him and david chase each other around my house all the time <laughs> that is true that is true. He gets a vote of conscience from the four-year-old and, uh, you know, he, he is a fine dog and has a, a fine human to go with him. So Brenda Sneed, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. Have a great evening. You've been listening to the Common Table Podcast, a ministry of Trinity Presbyterian Church. Located in Springfield, Missouri, Trinity believes everyone's story deserves to be heard. To learn more about our vision and ministry, please visit us at trinityspringfieldpcusa.org. To hear more interviews like this one, visit our website, commontablepodcast.com, and subscribe to The Common Table through your favorite podcast app. The Common Table is funded in part through a generous grant from the Creative Ministry Fund of John Calvin Presbytery. I'm your producer and host, Pastor Chris Miller, and I look forward to seeing you at the table soon.